What's going on, everyone? It is CK, aka Coach Kyle. And just before we get in, into today's incredible episode, we just wanted to inform all of you that are not following on social media that we have chosen to go on to a bi-weekly release schedule. And we're letting you know that now because what we recognize is that we always want to walk uh, the walk uh, and not just talk the talk. And something that we often uh, do as men is we get a little lost in the sauce of just working harder and serving more and we neglect self. And what we recognize is we were preaching a lot of take care of yourself and make sure that you are being present and enjoying your, your life to the fullest. And we weren't doing that ourselves. And so we just chose to go bi-weekly to ensure that we were taking our own advice and that we were not working tumultuously on the hamster wheel. And this also gives us the opportunity to serve you better and to bring to light a lot of incredible topics that we can give more energy to. So if you're not following us on social media, be sure to, so you can keep up to date with everything that we have going on and any changes that we do happen to make. And I hope you enjoy today's episode. Because we are all in this like, you know, battle of masculinity, it's we are struggling to feel like we deserve any compliment because of the mandate that is masculinity. Like, you know, we're all looking at this masculinity chart, like, damn, I'm none of those things. You know what I mean? And so I'm not going to be able to be anything until I become one of those things. And so our confidence is shot. Our worthiness is shot. And those who see the potential in us, when they try to voice that potential or they try to voice what they see, the light in us, we shut it down because we don't see it for ourselves. Welcome back everyone to the Modern Masculinity Podcast, a space designed to help redefine what it means to be a man in the modern era. Our hope with this podcast is to support men on their journey towards becoming the best possible version of themselves by providing insight, support, perspective, but most importantly, a safe space to live authentically with a community of conscious kings. Every week, we will take a deep dive into topics such as toxic masculinity, men's mental health, personal relationships, conscious leadership, and powerful guest appearances. Men, we see you, we hear you, and we are standing tall beside you every single day in the arena of misunderstood masculinity. Let's get into today's episode. What's going on? What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast. I'm your co-host, CK, aka Coach Kyle. And it's your boy, Anwar Ahmed, aka A Square. Big man's coming on hot with a brand new mic, 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 check. Mm, and uh, check. <laughs> he brought it in for a powerful episode as always. Today, we're going to talk about something that uh, I, we notice is really tough as men. And I think that a lot of you men out there are going to relate to this. It's the ability to receive, not just receive like love uh, or gifts, but also like receive help and care and compliments just makes me feel sometimes just real uncomfy. Uh, we're going to get into that conversation, but before we do that, you know what time it is. Mooch. Yeah, yo, yo, my people, Coach Kyle, how you doing today, man? How's it going? What's going on? What's going on? Mood check, mood check time, folks. Everyone that's listening right now, check in with your mood. That's why we do this. We want you to also check in with your mood as we check in with our own moods. So 
my mood check. It's a beautiful Sunday morning, looking out uh, across yonder into the fields, and I feel great. I feel great, and I I say great because I've come off of a pretty tumultuous week. A very tumultuous okay, yeah. vocabulary is out today. <laughs> <laughs> very tumultuous week. And I feel this morning like I've moved through a lot of what I had challenges with during the week. And I feel like I've made some decisions for myself and for the betterment of my life this week, just small, um, but I feel them allowing my body specifically to just relax this morning, which is great. So relaxed and great. Those are the words that I'm going to use for my mood check. And that's my mood check. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. Let's go. Relaxed. And I'm excited to hear all of the people get to hear your new mic and your new voice in this mic. So how is your mood check, Mr. Mike check, mood check? <laughs> thank you. Thank um, You know, the mic is great. Uh, we obviously split up. So we, we were kind of using a setup before that, you know, allowed us to have to be a little bit more agile and to be adaptable. And, mm -hmm. um, it's always nice when, you know, you start to kind of slowly get the things that, you know, you're hoping for and thinking for. And so, um, this is a great, nice little addition to the team. Uh, haven't named her yet, but you know, she's, she's going to be a great contributor. Um, in terms of my mood, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back a little bit because last week I took a week off. I took a week off of work um, because I was feeling like I was going to burn out. I mm. felt like I was going to burn out and I knew that winter was coming. I know that, you know, typically winter is associated with being a bit more in a grind mode, a bit more of a, you know, vitamin D starts going down. Uh, you're grinding. Um, and I actually like the winter grind, so nothing against the winter grind at all, but going into the winter grind or going onto a, you know, going on a road trip on empty is not going to get you very far. Right. And so I, I sat down with my boss and, you know, I'm lucky enough to, to have a boss that's understands the bigger picture of life, you know, understands that, you know, we are working towards goals and achievements, but, you know, we have to take care of self. And it's kind of cool that we're having this conversation now coming off of the, um, the back of me taking some time off for myself. Um, but I basically said, Hey, listen, the reality of life right now is that I can keep going the way I'm going, but it's going to end ugly. It's not going to end well. Um, it's going to end in, you know, me not being who I want to be um, and doing more collateral damage. Um, I think I need some time off. And, and not only do I need some time off from the work, but I had like my personal life was kind of like going like I wasn't getting ahead in personal at all. I was getting really ahead in other things in life, but like simple tasks, like things that just involved just like a little more thinking, like, you know, like I had got mm -hmm. this home office set up now Like I bought this mic, I got my laptop, I got a second monitor, it's all set up and it's going to make me better at my job. Right. But I didn't have the time to set it up. Like, I just mm. didn't feel like I had the time to, you know, sit down and strategize around. Like, how did I, how, how big is this desk? How is it going to fit in my room? How can I change things around? Um, so I call it open tabs. I had all these open tabs of like personal life. You know, every time I log into work, there's more tabs being opened up. So your personal life gets pushed back even further and further and further. Cause like we do with our emails, you log on, you deal with the most, you know, pressing emails first, and then you kind of work your way back. Right. I felt like I wasn't able to get through the pressing emails in order to get to the ones that maybe aren't pressing, but they, 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 they have a lingering effect. Right. Um, 
and he was very, very, you know, understanding and said, yeah, go ahead, man. It's like seven days, you know, I work hundred percent commission. So it's like, we, we work like a lot of different hours anyways. It's not like, you know, you don't own your time anyways. You, you just kind of, wherever I can get a call, I get it in. And, um, and so one of the lessons in my job is to learn how to find time for yourself, you know, how to disconnect, how to understand, Hey, this work doesn't actually end. So you need to kind of be thoughtful of like, I'm ending it here. I'm going to do me and I'm going to come back and I'm going to do me because if you just want to sit on the hamster wheel, the hamster wheel will just abuse you. Like it doesn't care about you at all. Right. Um, so taking the week off, you know, I, I, the first two days, I don't think I left my room. I just kind of literally potatoed, I ate food in my bed you shouldn't do that, but I did it. Um, <laughs> I don't even think I brushed my teeth for two days. I just kind of literally potatoed for the first two days hard. Um, um, and then Sunday we recorded a podcast. So I knew that I had, I had something to do. I had a task to do on Sunday. So I said, okay, Sunday, I will actually like become a human again, mm-hmm. Friday night until like all Friday night until Sunday morning, essentially, I just did not leave my bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sunday I woke up, you know, worked out, had one task to do, just be excellent on this podcast. And that's it. Don't got to think about anything else. Um, did that. And then by Monday, it was like, I clocked into this, whatever nine to five you would call, but it was like all for me. Like, it was like, mm-hmm. what do I got to take care of for the next eight hours about Anwar? Like no one else, just me. And I just started knocking off those emails one at a time. Um, and then, you know, lo and behold, like my buddies were having a a big party in Winnipeg, um, for a company that they're launching and all that kind of stuff. So I actually forked up the extra money and just surprised them and flew out there. And, you know, like, so not only did I get to knock off some of the personal tabs, but I got to go see family, I got to go see friends. And like in a week, I couldn't believe how much my makeup had changed, you know, like even my friends were saying like your, your voice, your energy, like everything about you is like, it's, it's, and that all came off the back of just saying, I need a break. I'm going to go take care of just my personal stuff for a second and coming back. Right. Uh, the one part that we don't talk about is that it took me a long time to understand how to love myself. So what to do in those seven days, what do I right. need in seven days? Right. It's one thing to take a break. It's another thing to actually know exactly how to maximize the seven days in order to recharge your battery, how you want it to be charged. You know, are you a social person? Are you an introvert? Do you, do you need to go hibernate? Do you need to go like, I'm very, it's not like my mind rests. I'm not someone who seeks sitting down as much as I seek getting things done. Right. It's just a matter of shifting my perspective. Like, am I getting things done in my work or am I getting things done in my fun? You know, mm. but I love, I'm a busy, I'm a busy body. I'm an active body. So I realize that like, some of those vacations where you go and frolic for seven days don't actually recharge me at all. It makes me lazier. It makes me like when I come back to work, I feel lethargic and it takes me longer to get back into things, which causes me mm-hmm. actually more stress. Um, mm-hmm. But if like I stay every sh- vacation everyone's ever been on. Right. right. There. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes you need that. Like, you know, I know that I know I need that for a couple of days of the trip, like two, three right. days. I need to just like not care about anyone, turn the phone off, like just be dead. But then I need to, by the time I get back into work, I need to have found my swing. And that's like being active, talking, mm-hmm. being social, waking up at the times I want to wake up at. Um, and then I typically that's how I recharge. Took me a while to learn that. I didn't just learn that overnight. Um, and so that's the, the second part that people don't talk about often. But um, after that, after all of that, I feel, I feel recharge is like the only real word I can use. But if, it's even mm-hmm. more than that. Like not only do I feel recharged emotionally, mentally, I feel recharged, like in every aspect of that word, like all of me feels recharged. not like Mm. I worked out really hard and I had a great recovery session and my body feels recharged, but my mind is tired. You know, like I Mm -hmm. I feel recharged truly, like 
in all essence, you know, I feel like creatively, uh, you know, creatively, my brain feels more open. Um, and so now it's more about like, okay, you've, you've mowed the lawn, the lawn is great. How do you now make sure you maintain that lawn as best as you can now going back into the tornado, going back into the storm, right? Because mm-hmm. we know that it's, it's hard to, the maintenance things is really hard. Like to stay this recharge is hard. Like you're going to drain your battery, like now getting back. But I feel like my gas tank is full and I feel like I can now go back into the, the this whatever winter grind is going to be and continue to um, find new ways to become a better person and and thrive. Mm. So I feel, I feel, I feel really happy and proud of myself for recognizing, um, that, you know, I was tired and I, my output was actually getting shittier and Mm. I, I basically, you know, slowed down to speed up. That's Mm -hmm. the best way to put it. Slow down to speed up. There it is. There it is. The quote of all quotes. And honestly, like, I I swear it's one of the hardest ones to understand because like, I remember hearing that slow down to speed up the first time. And I said, Whoa, like that hits. And then I just went on continuing to speed up, not slowing down. Like I just, it didn't manifest in my life. And then, um, it's stories like what you just said, where it realizes that you were going so fast that you were almost empty, but not quite empty. And you realize that you had to hit the gas station. You had to slow, you had to slow down in order to get farther. And it's such a critical point in our journey. And I know a lot of men, including myself, just have a hard time with that because it feels like slowing down is a direct attack on my worth and it feels a direct a direct attack on my masculinity because i'm supposed to be working harder and doing more and accomplishing more and already attained my goals and just this crazy idea that we all live under so i'm really happy that that whole story came back full circle to come to that quote slow down to speed up that's great and that was one hell of a mood check I got to say that was one hell of a mood check because I think that uh, I learned a lot in just hearing you express how you're feeling and how you've been feeling, um, which is the best type of mood check. I think mirrors back to me a lot. That was great. Yeah, I mean, a lot happened. A lot happened. I actually had I actually had the had some time to think about it too, right? Which is which is always mm-hmm. great. You know, one thing I told my boss um, about the work, I said when you're executing a lot, you know, you only wake up and you execute, 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 you know, you, you need to do what gets lost in that is like, you don't have enough time to strategize around how was it working and how is it not working? And, and, and I feel like that is where you actually get the most growth. You know, it's not about just putting up, picking up the weights and putting them down, putting up the weights and putting them down. It's more about, you know, how did that last rep go? How did it feel? you know, and thinking and strategizing around how to manipulate that to either get what you're looking for and whatever. But if you're just constantly just doing, 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 and I'm a strategist naturally, like mentally, I need to strategize. I need time Mm -hmm. to breathe. I need time to like, I just worked for X amount of hours. I need to reflect on those hours to like, be like, okay, those are my gaps. And then, and then go back in. Mm -hmm. Had no, I felt like I had no time to strategize at all. I had no time to take a breath to just like analyze what I was doing. And we did the same thing with the podcast, right? Mm -hmm. We decided, hey, let's slow this thing down. Let's slow down to speed up. Let's be a bit more effective. Let's be a bit more, you know, less focused on execution, more focused on like, how can we blend execution with strategy? Mm -hmm. Find, you know, how do we marry these topics a little bit more together? How do we, how do we do a little bit more research? How do we have more time to let things resonate and marinate? So we're not just bombarding people with, you know, heavy content after heavy content, Mm -hmm. deep conversation after deep conversation, you know, knowing how, 
men are naturally to uh, naturally not that receptive to a conversation that involves slowing down to speed up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we did that with the podcast and, you know, the podcast that was a part of the, you know, when we were having that meeting, it was like, Hey, how do we, I'm burnout is happening. Like we we're foreseeing burnout. How do we now take this beautiful platform that we've created and make sure that it like, it serves us, you know? Mm-hmm. And we're not just burning out, just putting out content either, you know? Uh, how do we make it so that it's like enjoyable? Like that's Thanksgiving now. There's going to be holidays. So do you have to like every time you have a holiday, do you have to do double the amount of work or do you have to like, you know, how do you incorporate life and living into what you're doing? And I think that us going biweekly and everything that we've kind of thought about is beautiful in the sense of just like it, it, it captivates that exact thing. It's mm-hmm. how do you keep doing the work, but doing it in a way that you don't lose the passion and it becomes a chore, mm-hmm. right? You don't lose the 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 fire and you, you you continue to show up and you continue to show up more authentically instead of like, oh, we got to get this done. We have this to do now. We have this to do now. We have this to do now. And then now you're just like, you're thinking about your to-do list instead of thinking about showing up, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and so we did a very similar thing with the podcast is just like, you know, that changing of um, uh, the, the, the scheduling, uh, which I think now allows for us to, we both have jobs right? We both have now our personal life that like, you know, like you have that little stressful period, you can go take care of it because now the podcast burden isn't on you. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you also have the podcast, you have the outlet, the outlet, which lets things breathe, which lets you strategize, lets you look at life. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, so much came from that. And I agree. I think that the initial reaction for me, I remember feeling it in the conversation when we were talking about, okay, should we go bi-weekly? I remember feeling a ton of resistance and it wasn't necessarily because I thought you were wrong, but I think it was because it felt as if we weren't going to be serving anymore at the high, at the level that we were. And so it was like, wait a second, going bi-weekly means we do less for other people. Mm -hmm. We give them less. And that only just came to me now of realizing, interesting, I might be overly obsessed with serving other people. And in the process, the resistance of doing um, this bi-weekly instead of uh, the aggressive weekly that we were doing means I'm going to have more time to myself. And that might have scared me a little bit. It's like, oh, hold on. It's like, okay, so I don't have these schedules anymore and this plan specifically on these days. What do I do now? And the hilarity of it all is that I just do what I want to do. I do my life. I live life. I do what it is that I choose. And it's not to say that the podcast was taking away from that. It was that I was invested so heavily into the serving others. And that is, I think, one thing that we get caught up in as men is that we just serve the world. We serve our family. We serve our partner. We serve our businesses. We serve everything that's outside of us. And in this perfectly aligned conversation we're about to have is we're not serving self. So anything that comes and attacks that, it just feels uh, wrong at first. It feels like we would be lost if we weren't in service of. So I'm very, I'm very grateful that you brought up that transition. A, so for those that don't already know, we have chosen to gone bi-weekly. So if you don't have us on social media, we will be doing bi-weekly episodes now. And that's because of many facets. But one of the biggest things is we wanted to make sure we were taking our own advice. We talk a lot here about balance and living life and presence and 
just being true to yourself and what feels right to you. And this is what felt right to us, even though there was also, like I said, a, a hint of, for me, wait a second, like, aren't we supposed to be serving more? Shouldn't we do more episodes? There was talks at one point of doing two a week, like we were just going to really go. And I think that is part of the relentless rat race, the, the hamster wheel that doesn't care what you're doing. It will spin regardless. And we're like, okay, hold on. We're going to maybe just get off for a second and see what the spinning looks like and see if we want to get back on and see if we want to slow that pace down to be able to go longer, to speed up in the future, which is exactly what we're doing. So. And, and like I said, that marries well into today's conversation. Today's conversation is all about the ability to receive. How do we receive things in life? And I'll just jump right out of the gate. I've lived an entire life very confused at this concept. And I remember hearing this too. It's like, wait a second, hold on. I have to learn how to receive things. I don't understand. I get given gifts. I think I'm getting given love. I get given a job. I get given compliments. What do you mean that I have to learn how to receive those things? But I, I get them. What do you mean? And the journey became a realization from, I think, a friend of mine who I almost hired as a coach. And he said something along the lines of, if you don't know how to receive things fully, then what you're doing is you're actually blocking them from arriving. And I remember sitting there saying, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean I'm blocking them? I'm ready for them. Like, I want more. I've been asking for more. Like, I want all these things. I want to have all of the, the, the things that life wants to give me. And at the same time, I, I felt very stressed about it. And I felt like it was all a need and it had to happen. And why hasn't it happened yet? And it turns out that the whole time I wasn't receiving anything of what was in my space currently. I was expecting things to come later. So I was still not being able to receive. I was putting up a wall. You know, before I get in too far into my story, because uh, there's a lot that's going to be pulled out. I'll flip this back to you. Do you feel like you are able or do you feel the full capacity of the love or the kindness or the care when someone gives you something like a compliment or when they offer you help or um, when they do offer you love or even a gift, do you feel like you feel the capacity or does it in relation to me, does it feel like awkward and kind of uncomfy of like, wait, hold on. Like, okay, cool. Thank you. Ooh, stop that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely the more uncomfortable part for sure. I think that there are certain individuals in my life where a over like multiple, like, you know, patterns of behavior, you start to like understand that they don't really need anything from you. Right. So like the, the love that they show you, like specific friends I can think of, I, there isn't anything here. It's in, there's nothing there that I'm mm -hmm. like, Oh, this is love, you know, but from the, the majority of the world, <laughs> it's like an allergic reaction, you know, mm -hmm. compliments, like feeling any kind of it's always like almost like your first thought is like, what does this person want from me? Mm. You know, what, 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 what do they need? Like, how can I help them? You know, like right. it's, it's like, it's, 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 they give you a compliment and my normal reaction would be to like, find a way to compliment them back 
instead of even sitting in the compliment for like a second, like mm. it'd be like, just like mirror it right back to them, you know? So like that would like, which didn't help the idea of receiving love at all. Right. It's like, every time it came to me, I would just like reverse it and send it right back. Um, that or, reminds me of, uh, you, you know, the start interrupt, you know, when you go to the gym and you see someone sees you and they're like, Whoa, bro, look, look at you. You're killing it. And you're like, bro, I'm just trying to catch up to you. Like, it's like, you have, <laughs> you have to say it back. Cause you're like, Whoa, stop, like, stop, stop. I don't want it. And you like to think you feel good, but you're like, Oh bro, I'm just trying to catch up to you. You know? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And like, and there's so many examples of that, right. Where it's like, you just can't, you can't really, um, accept it, uh, for what it is, you know? Mm. Uh, cause I think that one of the, one of the caveats to the, the receiving love and all of that kind of stuff is what I've realized is that it's more about, um, if you give me a compliment when I don't think I deserve it, I'm just going to reject it. Mm. If you give me a compliment that I think I deserve, then I'm gonna take it. Mm. Right. And so how many compliments do we think we deserve? Oof. So it's really like when you think about it, it's caught up in like self-worth, right? And because we are all in this like, you know, battle of masculinity, it's we are struggling to feel like we deserve any compliment because of the mandate that is masculinity. Like, you know, we're all looking at this masculinity chart like, damn, I'm none of those things. You know what I mean? And so I'm not going to be able to be anything until I become one of those things. And so our confidence is shot, our worthiness is shot. And those who see the potential in us, when they try to voice that potential, or they try to voice what they see, the light in us, we shut it down because we don't see it for ourselves. Right. So I think that that's really the conditioning that we're, we're battling is this idea that anytime I've rejected. So like, even that, let's go back to that working out, like compliment. If you're not the size you want to be, you reject that hard hard what? send it send it back get it out of here yeah bro i got you look so good no bro you look good get out of here like i'm trying to catch up you look bigger even though they might not and then you actually feel like you know in your head that you're still a larger size the hilarity of this conversation is is killing me this 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 bigger size thing but it's literally like no i don't feel like i'm at the capacity to which i want to be my body looks like crap don't compliment it why are you complimenting mm -hmm. my body i think it looks terrible it's just, but then if you were to get to say my goal was 180 or something, like, let me, let's just do a number thing. Right. And then you stand on the weight and you're the 180, right? Like the, you're the, you're the goal that you kind of set for yourself. So in that moment, you're like, yes, I hit the goal that I wanted. And then you say you go to the gym that day and someone is like, yo, you're looking big. You're probably going to be like, yeah, man. Yeah. I am getting bigger. Like I set goals. I, I reached them because it's the self-worthiness that is like accepting that it's like the fact that you are like, Oh, I am where I want to be right now with this compliment. So when I hear it, I see it, I take it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what I've kind of noticed in my own patterns of like, you know, the areas in which my life that I, I can maybe even receive a little bit of love is the ones where I'm more secure in that compliment. Like I feel more secure in what you said to me mm -hmm. in the areas where I reject, reject it really hard. I'm feeling very insecure about it. Like I'm not, I'm not ready for it. I, I don't feel worthy in that space yet. Um, and I reject it hard. Mm -hmm. That is how it's manifested for me. There was a time where I was rejecting everything though. 
things that I felt good at, like things that even I was complimented about, it was like not enough, you know, like it was just like, I couldn't like, I couldn't just appreciate being in the moment. Right. And that's where, you know, meditation and being present and just like enjoying life for now and not 10 years from now, all that ideology allowed me to kind of be a bit more receptive to like enjoying things in the moment, being more in the present, which then made me have to think, okay, well, right now I am happy about this current situation. So if you give Mm -hmm. me a compliment in this environment, I'll say yes, Mm -hmm. you know, but it took me a while to even be in the present. You know, I lived in the future for a long period of my life, like a long period of my life where it didn't matter what you said to me about what I did now. It's like, I'm already like five days ahead, you know? Mm -hmm. So I could, I was receiving nothing because I was mm-hmm. never comfortable with where I was. Like, I it didn't matter if I was like, yeah, that you're right. And I was happy back then when it happened, but now I don't care. Like yeah. I'm on the, onto the next thing, you know? Um, and so that's for me where I'm kind of, uh, at with, you know, receiving love and my identification of it and being able to understand, um, when I reject it and when I re- accept it. And, mm-hmm. and, and working on that a bit, you know, working on that song and dance a little bit. Um, but definitely, um, you know, no stranger to rejecting love. Um, I've, I've even been called, uh, cold by, by, by people that, you know, or I've, I've, I've I bet many men have maybe have heard this where they just go like, can you just say thank you? <laughs> where someone aggressively just like sees that you're rejecting and they just lean into it, go, all you need to say is thank you. You don't need to do mm-hmm. all of this, you know, and, and that is so triggering. Like it, it, it hurt, like it hits you and you're like, but then you reflect and you go, what am I doing? Like, you know, what am I doing? Why did that, why did that person even say that? You know, um, what about yourself? What's your kind of, you know, have you had a period of your time where there was just no love that you could receive? Was there a period of your time where you felt you weren't worthy of being loved. Um, and therefore that's why you rejected it. Or was it more so the idea of just, you didn't understand love really for what it was. Like you just didn't really get it. Not that you felt mm-hmm. less worthy or whatever. Um, just the fact that you just love was a, maybe a physical thing. It wasn't something that you could feel in other areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously a loaded question. And I think that listening to your story and your share, it's super fascinating to, just hear the the comparison and the relatability of this this concept. You, you know, we're walking into this conversation today, uh, un, unbeknownst to us, sharing experiences that we haven't heard yet and perspectives we haven't heard yet from each other. And yet, at the same time, I'm sitting here like, "Yep, yep." Oh, also, yep. Like I'm just, I, and I feel like a lot of people are doing the same thing. It's, it's, it just all aligns with what feels like the man experience of life. And what I recognize to be true about my journey is that I am a representation more fully, I say it more obviously in the sense of like, I, and we all at the end of the day, crave love, right? We all craving love. That is what we want at the end of the day. And what I think that sometimes we get a little lost in, and I know I did too, is that love only comes in a certain way and it is in the way in which uh, you are with me as a partner. So any love outside of that doesn't really feel like love. So for example, a compliment, right? A compliment is a form of love. I am showing you or telling you that I appreciate something about you or that you look good or that I like that this, this jacket that you bought, whatever, all of that is a form of love. 
But because it's not coming from a partner, I, I, for me at least, it never really felt like it was love. It just felt like it was just weird. Like, well, okay, cool. Like, thanks. Um, and then same thing with like a gift from someone. If it wasn't from like a partner, then it was like, oh, is it really love? But then I started to reflect on my journey. And I realized that uh, although I thought that it was supposed to come from my partner, it started coming from my partner. And I still felt the exact same discomfort. I still felt the same. They complimented me and I'm like, okay. They're like, oh, you look really, really handsome today. My partner still does this. The hilarity of this all is you said, what's the journey look like? And how do you, or when was a time in your life when you felt like the unworthiness was playing a factor? Uh, And to be honest with you, it still shows up today. It is not something that I have evaded or eradicated or gotten rid of in my life. It has something that uh, shows up all of the time. And this is with your partner as well. This is with my current partner. Yeah. Yeah. And this is for me, one of the most elevated relationships I've ever been in. And still in this moment, there will be moments where she will say, oh, you look so handsome today. And I'll freeze. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll like no one can see my face, but, I, but I'm like shoulders up. Like, yeah. it feels like so, so what do you want to eat? What do you want to? Yeah. Just- <laughs> so you ready to go? I'm ready to go. You ready to go? Um, but what I, many things play into that. I think with this idea of like receiving, let's, let's stick with compliments. For example, um, my love language is not uh, words of affirmation. I don't, I don't, I don't give love that way. Cause I also don't receive love that way. So right. that is a component of why it doesn't feel like that's love. Complimenting me doesn't make me feel loved. Although it is a form of love, it is, I don't feel loved in that moment. Same thing with being given a gift, right? This is a lot of this has to do with going back to our love languages. Uh, when I'm given a gift, um, I don't necessarily feel like that is a representation of love. I feel like that's just a representation of, um, well, to be honest with you, I'm not even sure. Cause it doesn't, it's not my direct, like top two love languages. So then I have to recognize obviously what is my top love language, which is physical touch. And that is when I feel the most loved. And so that is when I all of a sudden realize, oh, I feel, and I am accepting this love. So whether that's um, you grabbing my hand to hold me, I feel that as being given love, I am ready to receive that. I will receive that, but that is only because it's my predominant love language. So that for me is an interesting play into this idea of being uh, able to receive. It's I'm always ready to receive, but I get in my own way of receiving the love that is coming in forms that I may not fully be comfortable with. So there's self-worth and then there's also my full rejection of because it doesn't feel like it's part of my identity. Love languages create the identity of like, I only receive love this way. Therefore, I don't receive love other ways. And that blocks, that puts up a wall and says, I won't take it any other way. Mm-hmm. And, I, I, and I won't allow it to land in my body. So you saying, bro, like, great job. I'm proud of you. I would, I would say, thanks. 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 Thanks, bro. I, I, didn't, I wouldn't know how to allow that to land. And I remember uh, in our last conversation, the heavy one at the end, we were talking about love and feeling the full capacity of love. And I just remember feeling like a download came in and said, tell him you love him. And I did. And I just remember feeling the, like we we knew, right. We already knew, like, you know, we know we love each other. 
oh, deeply. And yet at the same time, you sang it back to me. I was like, whoa, whoa. I don't know if I'm ready to receive that. And it wasn't because I didn't know that you didn't. It was just because it felt as if like it was a compliment. And mm-hmm. it's just so, it's so interesting to play all of that into this, this reel of what my life is like and where I've blocked it and uh, how that's all looked. And to add to an element to this conversation, and this might take a different direction. I was talking to my partner about what we're going to talk about today. And I said, we're going to talk about the ability to receive. And she said, ah, the feminine. And I was like, oh, interesting. That is so fascinating. What she meant by that was we've talked about masculine and feminine energies before, right? And the masculine is the giving, but the feminine is the receiving. So when I realized that she said that yesterday, I realized, oh, I'm not just blocking my own ability to receive. I'm actually also blocking the feminine part of me. And for everyone listening, I'm not saying I'm blocking the woman inside of me or the female or whatever. That's not what we're saying. We're talking about the energies and I am blocking the feminine energy. I'm saying, no, keep me in my masculine. Keep me in my giving. Don't put me in a receive mode because that means I'm, I, I have to be vulnerable and I have to allow myself to sit with it and feel it. I have to feel something. And that's not what the masculine often says. It says give direction, support, like all that. It's so that was really mind blowing for me in this space is, oh, I'm rejecting the feminine. My friends, let's talk about mental health and the sponsor of this podcast. This episode is sponsored by Tether, a peer enabled mental health and well-being platform for men. Tether helps men find meaning and purpose through community, accountability pods, and a 24-7 support network. Tether invites us all to be a part of changing the face of masculinity and letting every man know that struggling and vulnerability doesn't make you any less of a man. It simply makes you human. And for me, I've had a lot of personal experience with this app. I've used it many times. I've shared a lot of vulnerable moments. I've shared some strength moments, some exciting moments. The app is open for everyone to simply just share. And like I said in the introduction, a peer-enabled space where we're supporting each other without any pressure to fix, just simply to honor each other's journey. They also just added in a conscious content section where they're sharing podcasts, they're sharing blog posts. It is a really powerful space. So we really want to implore you and encourage you to download it from the app and Google store. It is Tether, T-E-T-H-R, available on both app stores. Join the community. I promise you will not regret it. hundred percent. So well articulated. I think that, you know, we're talking about this and we're on, you know, a podcast that's, you know, heavily kind of designed around, you know, men's issues and men problems. And, you know, there's uh, women can struggle with receiving love as well. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's definitely, you know, a thing. I just think that it's in the, the men's space is unique because we're, we're almost set up and built to fail at this, you know, like this is where we're designed to fail because of this giving energy and receiving energy. Like we're almost set up to screw this up, you know, if we don't have a conversation about it, because we're not, the receiving thing is already shown to be a hard, if you're a giver and you're a provider, and that's all you've been taught is provide, give, 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 there's no lessons in receiving, right? And then you just, you live your life for that long and not understand that, you know, 
life is actually built around love and affection. And that's how you prosper. You know, the feeling of love, the, 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 the feeling of, and you said something beautiful there where you said like feeling it in its entirety, you know, not shortchanging it, not someone is giving it to you, you accept 10% of it mm-hmm. to feel it and get all a hundred percent is so I don't think there's a power on this earth that's more powerful than that, you know, mm-hmm. feeling love in its complete entirety. And to just know that there's so many of us men out there that are blocking that on ourselves, you know, the whole expression, like get out of your own way. Like mm-hmm. there's so many of us that are just in our own way of, of getting love, you know, and the people who love us around us, they can see it because they're like, we've been trying to love you. And you're just like, un, like you're not, you're in your own way at mm-hmm. this point. It's, it's not that it's not the effort. Right. And it's so crazy how sometimes in life, just a perspective shift and nothing else in your environment changing can better your life. Just seeing what you already have been looking at for a long time in a different light can change your life, you know, um, can, can be game changing for you. And I think that being able to start to even slowly turn that dial from receiving 10% of love to 20 to 30 to 40 you know, 50, the, the impact of that. And when you, when you start to feel it and you start executing from that, we talked, we talked about since Andy blessed us with this idea of clean energy, it, mm-hmm. it hasn't left my head is you start to change, like turn that dial. And what happens is you, you let out the blocking, you let in clean energy and it just starts to, then when you start moving through love and you start like, you know, living life through love, it's a different kind of thing, you know? And I think that like, even me speaking it out loud, I kind of sound a little, it kind of feels like coming out of my mouth a bit wishy-washy, you know, a little like, yeah. like very like, oh, love. It's all about love. But like, well, we never is- given a space to talk about love as men, right? Yeah. And so it becomes incredibly awkward where it's only supposed to be talked about with a partner, but even still like having conversations about love sounds like we're having a conversation that women are supposed to have, not men which is such a, a, a broken ideology. And this whole entire time we've been, we've been talking and not much of it has been talking about like a relationship love either. We're just talking nope. about love in the world. Like yeah. the giving and receiving of just energies, like whether that is the barista that just served you coffee, whether that's like, you mm-hmm. know, just that person at the gym that said, Hey bro, you're looking big. Like, like I see you've been lifting, like you're not dating that person, but you're mm-hmm. rejecting that love, right? Like, and if you're doing that to a stranger, right? And you're doing that to the people that love you, like, where do you get it from then? Like, where are you, right. you know, then, then you're just operating on like, like brute force, right? You're just mm-hmm. like, you're just trying to brute force your way through life where it's just logic, mindsets, the mentality, you know, and uh, I think that, you know, one thing I even wrote down here is just like this complication of suppressing emotions, you know, shows its face again, you know, by mm-hmm. suppressing our emotions, we do a couple of things. We, we build this tough skin, which we know the value of building tough skin, right? Dealing mm-hmm. with rejection, dealing with all those things, right? Um, that concrete the, mindset. That concrete mindset, right? The numbing of our feelings, right? Um, but the backlash of all of that is when you find success in the gym, right? The gym's a great example. I know we come back to it all the time, but you know, I think a lot of men will resonate with it. It's like when you're feeling you're under that weight, you almost have to like not let that little mind, that little game that your mind is playing. You just numb that thing out. You go, we're getting through this rep. We're going to brute force our way through this rep and we're going to get there. And that's where the gain is. Right? So when you have been mentally conditioning yourself to the gain is hidden underneath the suppression it's hidden underneath the numbness like that's where the gain is 
And that's the mindset that works at the gym, my guy. <laughs> let me, let me, mm-hmm. let me like, ex- that is a great gym mindset. It's even maybe a great mindset for a cold caller on in sales where you're just like, next call, next call, like tough skin. Doesn't really work when you're engaging in love. That's mm-hmm. not, doesn't work. That, that mentality, the calluses of that mentality, when it bleeds out into the rest of your life is it's a hardening, mm-hmm. right? And it, it's a toughness. There's a, there's a reason why sometimes we say to guys when, you know, you see the, I see this a lot with guys around dogs or they're a, a girl that they re, now recently started. They're like, oh, you're getting soft now, bro. You're getting soft now, bro. Like you're getting soft now. Really what we're saying is like, you're being more expressive now. Mm. You look more expressive. You're, such you, a great example. You're using more of your emotions to navigate now a little bit. Now where you would have been a little bit more brute force, you're showing a bit more compassion. You're leaning a little bit more uh, to a different style of thinking, a different style of mentality. But it's crazy because that, 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 that dude hasn't gone less strong in the gym, has he? <laughs> still lifting the same weight, mm-hmm. still pushing through, still making sales, still closing deals. But they're just more expressive because love has entered their life now, right? Like they've just, they're now like, they're able to push through that hard time. They're able to push through like the, they're using different mindsets for different events in their life. And that's the, I think the real um, power of love is if you start using love as an energy and you start like living life through that lens, you're, it doesn't change the other elements of your area like of life. You're, those mentalities will still work in those other areas. It's just not a mm-hmm. one size fits all people. It's, you know, there's, there's backlash to everything. Um, if you go too far, and I think the backlash of suppressing your emotions and building that tough skin sometimes is you put up a wall, you put mm-hmm. up, you put up a, a closed gate um, to everything because you're just saying, let's numb everything. And mm-hmm. that includes love, but love's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so many great examples in there. I think that relationship one is, is so obvious. And I just, I found myself laughing because of how uh, often that happens. The frequency of, of men being like, oh, like you're so soft, bro. And the hilarity of that statement is actually, I feel like rooted in jealousy. It's that there is this man in your, your space, uh, one of your friends who gets into a relationship and all of a sudden just seems a little bit more lovey-dovey and is investing the time into the relationship and, um, we we start to see as as young men that they're like getting soft like you said and the the reality of it all is like we're almost a little jealous of the fact that they have allowed love to enter their life because we haven't we don't have that right now we don't have that in our space and then we all think oh no you know like i won't i don't know what they're doing i won't be like that like i'm mad love doesn't make me soft and then you get into a relationship And you literally are the most biggest hypocrite because then all of a sudden you start to soften into some of the pieces you didn't know that were there because of the influence of love. And so it's so fascinating, but getting back into the the concept of like um, receiving love, what you reminded me of was something I really wanted to share in this was uh, for those that don't know, Jason Wilson, Jason Wilson is one of the most influential speakers and uh, has made such a huge impact on masculinity in this world. So uh, if you, I'll, maybe I'll put him in the show notes. He had a clip included in one of our most recent videos at the end that we shared on social media. And basically he was saying he had a very tumultuous journey with his father. And what that taught him through his life was that he thought he always needed more discipline because of this. 
he, he said, well, I'm not going to be like my father. And I felt that way too. So I need more discipline. And really what he realized is like, I don't need more discipline. I need more love. And if you ever watch Jason Wilson's videos, he is a very, I would call it sometimes stern, very direct, very, maybe sometimes aggressive. Very like kind military yes, esque Right. Yes, exactly. And what he does all often in his videos is he shows his uh, impact that he's making with young boys in their journey of, I think it's karate. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I believe it's karate. And he'll push these young boys. He'll push them to push through barriers. And uh, believe it or not, there's videos uh, where he is um, pushing them to feel their emotion. A young boy will try to chop a board with his hand and he won't do it. And he'll want to quit and he'll start crying. And he's like, why are you crying? And he's not asking to say, stop. He's saying, acknowledge why you're crying. Acknowledge what this is coming from. And then feel that it's okay to cry. Okay, now hit it again. And what he's doing in that moment is he's offering the young boys love because he wasn't offered love from a male figure in his life. And so what he's saying is it's okay to feel and be courageous in the feeling like vulnerability is uh, the gateway to feeling this idea of love that we're talking about today. But that takes an immense amount of courage. Now, as men, it requires us to be incredibly courageous. And what he's saying is, I thought the courageous act was to be more disciplined. When really the courageous act was to was to feel and give and receive more love. And for me, that, that just really struck a chord because I lived this life or lived this life on this hamster wheel of discipline, of being more disciplined, like have a good structure, go to sleep at the right time, make sure you have this job intact, uh, have a schedule every single day. Don't rest too long because there's, that's not enough discipline. You're not being disciplined enough. And this is probably going to hit a chord for a lot of men out there is hearing me say to you, it doesn't require more discipline, but we've been given that idea to live by. We've been given that patriarchal idea to just be more disciplined. And sure, there's a lot of men out there. And I appreciate the fact that you have been very disciplined and that you are being very successful in your life, or at least it starts to feel like you're being successful because you're being disciplined. But the reality of that is, is we end up doing what you just said is neglect the feeling and neglect the emotion and neglect the love. And now all of a sudden we're stuck in this space of this concrete lifestyle. We're living life as a concrete slab that's just being moved around. We don't actually feel anything beyond the surface. So the love is never allowed to enter. We never give it this open space to come into our life. So then when we get into relationships, finally, in marriage and kids, it still doesn't feel like love. We still don't feel fulfilled by it. So we're still seeking more success. We're still seeking more things outside of us. And we end up having midlife crises where we buy ourselves more things because we don't feel love and we're not receiving things. And at the root of it all, which I know is a, is a big component you want to get to, is it's because we're not loving ourselves. There's this whole journey, right, of this Jason Wilson saying, I really thought I needed more discipline. What we really needed was more love. Jason, he wasn't saying I need more love from other people. He was saying he needed more love for himself from himself. And that is where the beginning of, or at least the, 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 the door, the gateway starts to just peek open a little bit. 
just a little peek open. There's a little gate and it says, I want you to come. This is, this is your life where you could go. And it starts with, Oh, you know what I, you know what I feel like today? I feel like I love myself today. I feel like I'm going to love myself today. That gate opens a little bit. And eventually we open up and all of a sudden we realize that there is love everywhere that we're being loved in so many different ways. But again, because it doesn't feel like it's coming from a partner, it doesn't feel like love. So self-love is the gateway to being able to receive really all of what life wants to give you. But with self-love comes um, insecurity, right? You have to face your insecurities. And the big one that we talked about already is worth, self-worth. How do we navigate our self-worth? What is it reliant on? Who is it reliant on? Why is it not reliant on ourselves? Why is it always reliant on something else? And then we wonder why we can't receive. Because there's no receiving being done by self. If I can't give myself love anywhere ever, I think that sometimes like we think, oh, I bought this coat. I love myself. It's like, did you buy the coat for you? Did you buy the coat for somebody else? Oh, I bought this great, this huge house. I'm so happy with it. It's like, did you buy the house for somebody else or did you buy it for you? Because if you bought it for you, it probably wouldn't need to be that big. It wouldn't need to be this grand. So it's likely for somebody else. But we're, I think so many times we're just not ready to ask that question because what that question asks of us is how much of society is playing a role in your wants, needs, and desires in your life. And all that says is you're still on the hamster wheel. You haven't gotten off. I mean, I'm going to just let that kind of resonate a little bit because I'll summarize everything he kind of said into, into three words. If you can say to yourself, I'm proud of myself and feel resistance, or you say to yourself, I love myself and you feel resistance or if you say to yourself i feel worthy mm. and you feel resistance i feel resistance there's resistance <laughs> then you're probably struggling with some form of receiving love mm. right and those three things are the things that we push away but love is associated with those three things mm. You know, like they're directly correlated. You know, you did a great, you did such a beautiful job of articulating the the self-worthiness the conversation that we had earlier and then tying it beautifully into this idea of uh, receiving, right? Self-love. If you can't receive self-love for yourself, then you're not going to feel worthy. And if you don't feel worthy, that's the guy that's at the gym that's been told you look big and you're like, nah, you look big, mm -hmm. right? You're pushing it. But when you start the internal dialogue with yourself. When the world starts showing you that you've already had the dialogue, you're already proud of that. You're already happy with that. You already feel self-worthy. So when that shows up from somebody else, you're like, yeah, I actually said that about myself. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm proud of my sales from last month and I actually took a moment to be proud of that moment, maybe you write it down in a journal. Maybe you tell a friend, you know, you're, you're like, you live in it. You actually sit in it long enough to be like, no, I'm proud. When someone brings that thing up because you took time to receive it you will then receive it from them mm -hmm. but what happens is we hit goals and then we push right through it like it never happened like it never happened so when that person 
And often, I don't know if you notice this in life and yourself, Kyle, it's like often when things in my mind happen that I've already kind of went through, I see it in 2020 vision when it happens in real life, because I've already seen this. I've already mm-hmm. been a part of this experience. And when I feel really resistant to it, it's like I've never thought of it that way or I've never thought about this. I've never or I never lived in that emotion. And like when I'm feeling it, I'm like, what the heck is going on? What is that? Mm-hmm. Right. But when you have a moment of like, bro, I'm proud of you, man, to yourself. And then someone else comes over and says, yo, man, I'm proud of you because you've already said it to yourself. Your body doesn't react in the way that is so resistant. Mm-hmm. And you can actually just like sit in the appreciation of the compliment, you know. And so when you are reaching these goals and these milestones, amazing, big part of life, set goals, set goals that you want to mm-hmm. achieve. And, you know, you know, I think that that, you know, at the end of the day, we are creatures of growth. We are creatures of progress. And I think goal setting and, you know, um, setting objectives for yourself to things to reach for. It just allows you to kind of just like fuel that growth that we are all dying to have that, that, mm-hmm. that progression that we're all longing for. Right. So it gives us a good sense of direction. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of men that you do, you do this well, this is what you do. Right. But what you don't do is sit in the accomplishment instead of ticking the box. Right. It's crazy that you went out there and said, I'm going to accomplish this. It's even crazier to not enjoy the moment when you do it. Right. And what that does is it just compounds our ability to like not receive love. Mm-hmm. Right. Because even when we set out audacious goals for ourselves and we tick it, we don't even sit in it. We just mm-hmm. move on. So God forbid you compliment me on something minor or something little or like, hey, you look good. What? Look good. The hell? <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't even celebrate when I hit this massive milestone. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I look good. I didn't even do anything for that. I was just born. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just it's like it, it, you lose the, but when you're like leaning into and you're being proud of moments and you're, you're accepting of yourself. And you know, when you hit that milestone, like, you know, I recently, uh, I've had really, really bad history with my knees and, you know, I've never been able to kind of be the the lifter that I've wanted in terms of my legs. You know, it's always been like really, really I go to the gym, massive insecurities. I see people do things. I'm like, I can't do that. Uh, it, it hurts. Mm-hmm. It's this, it's that. And I really just changed my whole entire mindset to working out around myself. I went, listen, that's working for other people. Other people don't have the knees I have. So how can I go and recalibrate this experience to cater to Anwar's needs in this Mm -hmm. gym? And so I started looking at modifications to exercises. I started doing all these other things and you don't look great for the first little bit. You're doing very little weights. You're doing like a lot of mobility stuff. And, you know, you have to deal with the idea in your mind of just being like, this is what my body needs. This is what I need. I don't care about how I look to others. This is what I need, right? And that is an expression of love, Mm -hmm. not keeping up with the Joneses and settling for what you need and being okay with that, you know, and and staying to it. And lo and behold, I was able to squat two plates a couple of days ago. And it was like, I never, like, to me, I I knew I could maybe one day do it, but I hadn't really processed that. Like, you know, I was working towards it because I was just doing so many other things and I just kind of went for it. And it happened and it was like, wow, I started to care about me and my body responded in a way that was like, yeah, we're going here now. Mm-hmm. Thank you for thinking about us. You know, thank you for thinking about like what we needed and not trying to think about what other people needed because what other people needed wasn't working for me for a mm-hmm. long time. 
I recalibrate, I reshift my focus. I, I do what I need to do for me, what I need to do for my body and my, my soul and my heart and my physique. And lo and behold, it paid me back. It said, Hey, we're good. Thanks for taking care of us. We'll take care of you. You know? And it was just like, a. And instead of just being like now three plates, cause I, you know, I have an accountability group and, you know, I messaged them because <laughs> I think it's important uh, to have those people that you can share these things with. And in these, I'm telling you guys in these videos that I share with like, you know, these, these two guys that are a part of my accountability group, like in the video, I, in the beginning of the video, I literally go, Hey guys, like I'm about to do, I'm about to do this. Like I I'm just who I am. I'm not, there's no show. There's no mask. I'm like a hundred percent authentically like, basically being like compliment the shit out of me after like you see this video essentially <laughs> yeah send them the video and they send me the responses back it's all good like you know it's the reason why the accountability group it's a safe space for me to just be me right yeah they send me the compliments back and all that stuff and i just like sat there and was just like like i just remember looking at my body looking at my knees and just being like like thank you like you know just being so grateful for the moment being so like happy that i got here uh, and one of the guys was like that's dope are you gonna try and do three plates and it was crazy because i never even thought about three plates before like i never even processed that but it was just it's funny because that showed the masculinity life right it's yep. just how fast <laughs> was he like three plates now yep you know and it's crazy because my response was no i want to get good at two plates i've done mm. this before i've already sped up before and I, I went right back to where I came from. It, it, it was worse, right? Um, and so I was like, you know, three plates could be a cool goal to achieve, but it's now how can I control this weight more? Like, how can I really be in on, like, you know, how can I get this two plate to 10 reps, 12 mm -hmm. reps, feel comfortable, make sure that my body is happy with the progression and I'm not mm -hmm. speeding it up because I care. I don't want to be in pain anymore, you know? Um, and all of that prolongs the idea of having the nicest legs in the game or whatever the thing is, because that yeah. would just be go for it. Right. But I don't care. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I don't care. I care about me. I'm in this body, you know? So, um, that's like a little story to kind of share in terms of like, you know, how you can incorporate self-love personally, you know, and that's a, a very, very near, you know, example, like in arm's reach that happened very recently. Um, mm -hmm. But those are the those are the moments that you start to turn that dial to like, how am I receiving more? How can I receive more? But it really happens with yourself mm -hmm. um, in a lot of ways. It really, really starts with yourself. Yeah. And so how do I receive love for myself? How do I receive praise from myself? How do I be proud of myself? And I think that one thing that I wanted to mention is that when you celebrate those moments, just be wary of how you're celebrating them. I think that a fascinating aspect for me and uh, something that I think is coming to me in this conversation is we hit these milestones, right? And we think that, yeah, I'm so proud of myself. Like, let's go party. Yeah. And that's great. Go like celebrate. But what I find fascinating is that a lot of times people use the milestone as an excuse to go and get like absolutely obliterated. And then they say it's worth it. And then they say, yeah, I celebrate it. And I reflect on that now in this moment. I'm like, I don't know if you did. Because while that seemed like a celebration, did you actually feel the love and the, the, the pride and the, um, the praise that was coming your way? Do you actually feel that? Um, or was the celebration of you know, getting this blackout drunk a coping mechanism so that you didn't have to? 
because it's uncomfortable, right? This feeling of receiving love. And we don't want to take the time to give it to ourselves, or maybe just go home and sit and relish in the idea of like, whoa, look what I did. Look what I did. And to sit in that means to sit with self. And that is one of the hardest things we know that we do in this world is sitting with self. So when I, I think for me, when I talk about how I praise myself and how I give myself love, it's almost never with somebody else. Like I'm never around other people. I'm never in a celebratory space or a traditional celebratory space. I praise myself by at the end of the day, writing in my book, what did I, what am I proud of myself for today? What am I proud of um, for myself today? And asking myself that question, sitting with that with myself, and it doesn't always feel like it in the moment, but what I recognize is when I stop doing that, I get back on the hamster wheel. And next thing I know, it's been months and I have no idea where I am, what I'm doing. It's just this crazy um, like shift. And then I start to get back into, okay, I'm proud of you for doing this. And I'm proud of you for doing that. And all of a sudden I'm present all of the time, because now I'm starting to program myself to look for the opportunities to praise myself. I'm waiting, I'm looking, I'm like, where, where, where can I give myself more praise? Where can I give myself more praise? And I'm not doing it in a conceited way, right? I think what this whole conversation can start to build is a very conceited idea of self. We're not trying to make it seem as if um, you are better than anyone that can be a scary journey down into self-love. It's like, I love myself so much that I'm the only thing that ever matters. And we stop taking anybody else's needs into account. While it is incredibly important to be selfish in this world, it is also incredibly important to recognize when that selfish is depriving other people of their wins and their successes and their progress. And, and now acting as if mine is bigger than. So with the idea of like the muscle thing, I think that that, uh, to, to go back for a moment, when you talked about working out, it's, it, we feel like it needs so much discipline to get all these muscles and look a certain way. And the reality of what you said is that it actually requires love. Like it actually requires love because then it's for you. Then you can actually find pride in yourself and your muscle that you are absolutely destroying out of this idea of discipline is actually craving for you to love it a little bit more, not to work it out harder and to have more discipline to work it out again tomorrow. It's actually saying, give me love. And that might look like rest. And that might look like slowing down. And that might look like taking a week off. It, that's what it's requiring. But we don't, again, we don't know what that looks like. We don't know what love and relaxing and giving to ourselves look like because it feels very, very uncomfortable. It's always for something else. I remember this video I saw yesterday that just came back to me. That was such a great representation. And maybe how I'll wrap up my, my little rant here is um, this guy went on TikTok and I might even share this on the account. And he said, listen, one of my biggest problems is that I can love you with everything that I have. I can be there for you emotionally. I can be there for you physically. I can do everything for you. And I can love you in ways that you will never probably know. But you know what my problem is? I don't know if I can let you do that to me. And I remember seeing that and it was just such an eye-opening 
representation of how we're so ready and willing to give. And we're so not willing to receive. And that this is a universal problem. This is a universal challenge. And all I could see in that, that video was a man who was struggling to love himself. Not struggling to let other people love him because that's always secondary. It's he was struggling to love himself. And that's what I think for me coming out of this conversation today is like the most prevalent piece of information that has helped me in my journey immensely is starting to recognize like, what am I doing that's for other people? How do I stop doing those things and start doing things for myself and realizing that that is okay, that my needs and my wants and my desires are important. Otherwise I'm codependent. Otherwise, I am codependent on other people's approval, other people's idea of what my worth is, other people's idea of what I deserve. I'm codependent. I'm no longer independent, although I feel like I am, right? We feel like we're independent, but really we're codependent because of jobs for other people, the suits for other people. Hell, the socks with the, with the funny little pieces on them aren't still not for us. They're still for other people. So we're codependent on them appreciating that in order to feel loved when what if i bought the socks because i love them and that means i love myself like why can't we get there that's that i think for me that's the journey yeah i think that 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 tiktok is very very telling right mm -hmm. it's um it just goes to kind of shed light on the idea that everything that we you know that individual does um and you know a lot of men do is you put on that shirt and you look in the mirror and you go, well, they like it. Mm -hmm. You, you wear the watch, you buy the, th you're, you're constantly, you're just evaluating yourself based on, do they like it? Will she like it? When are you going to start looking in the mirror and go, do I like this? Do I like how this looks? Right. And if someone else also likes it, great. Now you're one step ahead of, you know, finding authenticity in the world right? Mm -hmm. I like this, you like this, this could work, you know, we could be friends. But when you're just taking information from the world, digesting it, and then just constantly looking at yourself in the mirror as a reflection of like, how will the world perceive this? How will they like this? Then you are completely missing the idea of self-love. You're completely missing the idea of um, self-worth. And when you lose sight of both those things, you're, you're heading down a path of codependency on somebody else to fill that void for you. Mm -hmm. And if somebody else has to fill that void for you, you're forever not in control. Because whatever that codependency is, now you're essentially a crutch to that entity, that thing. It could be, it could be a, a hobby. It could be a human it could be whatever it is, right? It could be whatever it is, whatever the crutch is that's filling that void for you. But if it were to ever go away, if anything were to ever happen, if that relationship didn't work out, that didn't, you know, too much self-worthiness, self self-love, that's too much to just evaporate from your conscious. That's a lot for anybody to deal with, mm -hmm. right? So if that gets taken away, let's not, let's not use that as we don't want that to disappear. I always, I always say like, you know, we don't love ourselves. Right. So that's a big problem. But when you don't 
when you love yourself, when you start to kind of put these practices in place, you start to figure out yourself, what, what a ultimately, what an ideal vacation is for you or, you know, and a lot of times, sometimes guys are being chameleons to attract certain girls, right? They'll change what they like to just fit a girl or what, or, or a thing or a job, fake it till you make it. Like, we're just trying to like, we just, you know, what do you like? Like, what's your ideal day? Now that's my ideal day, right? We could do, we, we don't set boundaries. We don't do any of those things. Well, right. So we struggle with that. But once you start kind of like, say you get on the path, you know, you're, you're, you're an active listener of modern masculinity. You're on a journey. You're like, Hey, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and better myself and all these things. And you get on that path when you love yourself and you know, you can take care of yourself. You're not codependent. You know what happens? You start playing with life with house money. <laughs> like it just, everything just becomes like, listen, I don't, need this or need that. I have me. I want, I'm choosing to be here. I'm choosing you as a partner or mm-hmm. I'm, I'm dating you and your rejection doesn't bother me because I wasn't like your real rejection wasn't validating anything for me. Like when I pick up that call and I'd sell somebody and they're like, nah, I don't want the product. You hang up and you don't just hang shit on yourself all day and just like be, take it so personally because you're like, another call. I love mm-hmm. myself. Things are all good. Keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and, and, and you just, and you bring that good energy to the next call of like, Hey, that was just one person. Not everyone's going to like you. I like myself. That's what matters. And mm-hmm. you keep it moving. Then the next call, you bring that same positive energy and you're just like, you know, you're cause you are secure like that, that loss or whatever you want to perceive as failure or loss doesn't become so personal when you are good with yourself. You just see it for what it is. Mm-hmm is it didn't work out and we'll try again, you know? But when you don't have self-love, that's being at the casino on debt. That's running, you're basically just running a risk every time you do that, Mm -hmm. right? Like you go and you're like, if this doesn't work out, it's gonna be bad. Like, (laughs) because I already don't like myself. So if this call doesn't go down, it's gonna be bad. If this relationship doesn't go down, it's gonna be ugly, right? Because you shouldn't be at the casino anyways, you're in debt. Right. We all know what it feels like to spend money when you don't have it. And when you spend money, when you do have it, they hit Every differently. Time. Yep. When you don't have the money to spend and you spend it, ugh, it doesn't feel as, it doesn't feel as good. You do the self doubt kicks in. You shouldn't have spent that money. You shouldn't have, yeah, the game starts. It's the same with, it's the same with this love concept. Mm-hmm. When you love yourself and you go out and you, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go talk to that girl or I'm going to go accomplish that thing. You just see it for what it is. If it doesn't work out, you're like, hey, I think you're, you know, you're attractive. Like, I liked your energy. I want to come over here and get a chance to meet you. My name is Anwar. And if she's like, you know, I have a boyfriend or I have whatever the rebuttal is, you're just like, okay, just trying. But if you're like, no, I need that girl. That's the one. I got to go. It has, maybe she'll love me. Like, I don't love me. Maybe she'll. And you go and you get rejected. You're like, oh, maybe I'm not good looking. Maybe I'm not this. Maybe I'm not that. Maybe I'm not. See how that like. Mm-hmm. See how those negative thoughts can just take over real quick, real fast. So really, you're just building a bulletproof armor around yourself to just feel more confident in life, to go out there and take the risks. Because at the end of the day, if you don't love yourself, you are less likely to take the risk needed to find love in the first place. Because it's a risk anyway. Putting your heart out there, metaphorically standing there butt naked and just saying, this is everything that I am takes so much courage and so much guts that if you don't love yourself when you do that whatever backlash you feel could send you back years Mm -hmm. could take years off of your life if it's worth if it's big enough 
But when you just are like, all right, I just put my clothes back on. <laughs> you're good. But it's that level of vulnerability. It takes that level of vulnerability and extreme um, shamelessness to even find real love in partners in, 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 in like nothing really worth it comes from just like this behavior of like, I'm going to not text them back because being absent will make her want me more. We'll make that whole deprived version of life that we glamorize of how to like flirt with women and whatever this idea of just, just neglect her for three days. She'll want you more. She'll like the game. Like that whole thing is, it's not it. That's just the game. When you get out of that and you start texting somebody and you start going like, hey, I'm, I'm really into you or, you know, like, hey, I wanted to like you, you just start going from like, I'm good with myself. So like how this goes or how this sounds or how you perceive this, I don't really care. I just wanted to tell you or I just wanted to express to you. I just wanted to you start to live a way more authentic life and you start to filter out the people that maybe aren't choosing an authentic life. They're choosing a fake life as well. So you can just, you start to align yourself with the people that are more authentic, more rich, yeah. um, because you're being more authentic and rich and they respond well to that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can only be as truthful with other people as, as you are truthful with yourself. hundred percent, hundred percent, you know, and you start to, when you love yourself, you start to accept the fact that you, you start to accept your shortcomings as yours. You start to accept your, you start to accept both and you start to share both. Once you start sharing your shortcomings and sharing your successes and sharing the goods and the high, the, the roller coaster of life starts to make more sense to you because you're sharing it all anyways. You're not mm-hmm. only waiting for high moments to talk or like, you know, hiding in low moments. You're just like, you're sharing both. Mm-hmm. You have a group of people that accept that, hey, it's up here, it's down here, it's up here, it's down here. You've accepted that. And you're now playing what I call with house money and mm-hmm. with great energy, clean energy. Um, and everything else just seems a little bit less dramatic. You know, you're less defensive. You take things less personally. Um, you don't, you don't just immediately go to a negative when something doesn't go right. Mm-hmm. You start to look at like, how could I have improved versus like, I can't do this because I'm XYZ. So with all that being said, based on your journey and based on where you are now and how this has all come to be, I mean, this is a very tough and I'll use the word tumultuous again, journey, right? Like the the journey of self-love, I feel like has been one of the hardest journeys I've, I've ever been on because it just seems like it's so hard sometimes. And it just seems like it's something that is constantly being shown to me is like, where are you not loving yourself? Where are you not loving yourself constantly? And I think, especially in partnership and in friendship, everything is a mirror, right? So everything is being shown back to us of like, where are you not loving yourself? Where are you not loving yourself? And I think it's a question that can be asked aggressively all day, every day, but I can't imagine that's how you started and how you've gotten to where you are now. So what would you say is like, I guess, from your journey and from everything that you've you've researched in and learned from, what would be the the gateway for you? What would be the gateway that you would share into this journey of being able to start receiving? Whether it's the compliments or gifts or just like just feeling the ability to receive, what would be your gateway? What would be your, and by gateway, I mean like, 
takeaway from your journey? It's like, what would have been, what would have been the gateway and, and what, what would you suggest? Cause I think it's different for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it's a great, it's a great question. Cause it makes you reflect. Right. And I think that for me, it was, you know, to be loved is to know yourself. I think, you know, mm. you know, and, and, and for others to know you too, like your truth. Um, and I think that it's kind of a double head prong because you have to first understand who you are and then accept that you have to love all those parts about you. You know, like you gotta, you gotta love them. And then when you kind of go through that process of, you know, understanding who you are and then like loving yourself, you know, for who you are, then you get more comfortable with like actually sharing your truth to other people, which allows them to like really show you love because they get you, you know, they understand you. They, they want to be a part of your journey and they want to help you. Right. That's a big thing. Help you. I think the, the most dangerous thing that you can do is, is, is someone who's, you know, and I've done this and this is the, if you want to ask where I started, this is where I started is the most, you can take this self-love thing too far. Right. To the point where I don't need nobody. I'm self-made. Right. That's self-love in the extremist form where you go screw everybody. Right. There's people who are listening, who are going, I love myself, but the backlash that you're not hearing in your own tone is, but you're, you're, you're moving through this energy of the, I don't need nobody. Mm -hmm. How quickly self-love can turn into toxic independence. And that's, you don't want to be there, you know, and that's where I've, you know, that's where I lived for a long period of time, you know? is this idea I've been single for a while. I've been on this journey of self mastery and all this for a long time. Um, but the, 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 the ability to receive love has been so blocked because I've been on the, like me, myself and I journey. Mm -hmm. And so I block everybody. Like everybody has been blocked. <laughs> I've had friends who have tried to set me up with other friends or get me to meet this person. And no, not now, not the type, not the right time, not this, not that. And I've been using this term. I'm more open. And I truly feel like I've been more open in the last like year. Like, and I, I genuinely mean that. Like, I'm like, I'm open. Like, I feel like I'm even in a space to receive whatever is coming my way. Like, I feel I'm more in tune with the universe and its opportunities and everything. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Mm. Why not? You know, I've become more of a why not individual versus a, you know, logical no, a push mm -hmm. away, a stiff arm, you know. Um, and so if you ask me the journey, the journey really, really, really started with loving myself. And I think that everyone should start there. That's I, I, you want to understand how to love? You want to understand about love? Start with yourself because the craziest thing is going to happen. You're going to be like, I'm so proud of you for doing this. You know what you're going to notice? other people who are going through things and you're going to be like, I'm proud of you and actually know what that means when you say that to someone, because you know what it feels like to accomplish something, be proud of yourself. So when you say that to someone else, you're like, man, I'm, I mean it. You know why it's weird to say, I love you to somebody when you've never said it before. Cause you've never said it. You've never said it to yourself. You don't even know what it means. Right. But when you sit in that emotion of like, I love myself. Right. Or like, I appreciate you for getting through this. You know, I, I remember getting through some of the depression and stuff that I was going through. And um, once it was kind of way more in the rearview mirror, I remember being like. Almost like I fit, as if I was standing in front of myself being like. 
I love you, man. I appreciate you for hanging. Like, I appreciate you for just like powering through that. That was hard. Mm-hmm. Like that was tough. And like, that was the first time I think I gave myself a, a, a mental, like a mental self hug, you know, like a, you're my guy. Like mm-hmm. you've, you've done all of this, everything that you see, you've done that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was the idea of just like, you know, not being dependent on other people patting you on the back, but it was the first time that I was like, I got a hype, man. Cause I actually got through some shit that I was like, I wasn't there for myself. So it was only my own theoretical hype, man, that got me through those times. Like mm-hmm. it was just by me, myself and I who pulled me through, you know? And it was almost like I had that, I had that internal dialogue and that back and forth of like, nah, man, we're not doing this. We're doing this. Like I was just fighting with myself. Like I, I, that whole period of time, I didn't see the world. It was just me, myself and I fighting against each other. One of them trying to put me down. One of them trying to put, like, try to pick me up. And that internal battle was just like, okay, cool. This whole thing is an internal battle. Everything about this is an internal battle. Um, and getting through that period was when I first really started to be like, cause I needed a lot of love to get through that. I couldn't brute force. You can't brute force your way through depression. That doesn't work. Right. It was like a it was tons of love. And then I got mm-hmm. obsessed with the idea of loving yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, cause it got me through that torrentuous time. Mm-hmm. And then it became a me, myself and I journey after that. It was like, I, <laughs> I just kept moving that needle forward. And I was like, love yourself, love yourself, screw everybody else. So love, 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 love. Uh, and then you get to a point where you're just like, you just, you just, you're good because you love yourself and you understand that, but you're, where you're bad because you're blocking the world. Um, and so that's kind of where I'm at with my journey now is I feel open. I feel like, damn, I did the whole self love thing. I got that. I did the whole, um, not understanding what love is and understanding, like only showing my highlights and not showing the the dark sides. Vulnerability helped me through that, you know, being vulnerable, being on this podcast, being, you know, um, comfortable with, you know, my surroundings. Uh, and I realized it's like, if you want to be vulnerable and you want to have, you want to really leverage vulnerability, you want to really leverage, um, uh, being in tune with your emotions and sharing that. Well, because I naturally know you're not going to do that to people you don't trust. It means you have to clean up your circle. You got to find the people that matter. You got to find the people that you want to live this, like being a better man and being more vulnerable. Isn't just like showing up and being more vulnerable. If you look around and people aren't ready for your vulnerability because they're not those type of people, they're, they're not the right network you want to be around. Well then really the first step to that equation is clean up your circle, Mm -hmm. find people that you're willing to be vulnerable with, you know? And luckily I had, you know, amazing friends and I always felt comfortable being vulnerable with them. They always kind of knew me as the more emotional character uh, in the group. So it was more natural for me to lean into that. But I'm the reason why I'm open now is like, I'm vulnerable naturally. There's people in my Mm -hmm. life that I'm vulnerable with. I know I got that. I know I got self-love going for me. The last thing was like being open to like Mm -hmm. what's coming for me. And this is the receiving thing, right? Which is what I'm struggling with the most now is how can I just receive more? And small things I do now is just not try to compliment somebody when they compliment me. Just say, thank you. Mm. I appreciate your kind words. Thanks. Thanks for noticing, you know, and finding the language. I often find that I'm awkward because I don't know what language I want to use. So I I practice (laughs) in my head when someone says something, you know, like, what would you rebuttal? What do you want to rebuttal? You know, this is how it sounds crazy and lame, but it's like, this is how you have to kind of, you have to kind of start with things. And then it starts feeling more natural. Right. Mm. I don't, I don't rehearse the thank you anymore, but I did because it was Mm -hmm. that much of an allergic reaction to me before that it was my body would not respond the way I wanted to respond. But once those, once you rewire, you know, um, neurons out, you know, fire together, wire together, you know, once you start to, 
get through that compliment, receive mm-hmm. it, compliment, receive it. Your brain starts to accept that as a normal pattern, a normal thinking pattern. Um, and then you just, you just, you just do it better, you know? And so that's kind of a long winded, uh, summary of, uh, I guess this conversation and how it's kind of impacted me, but what about yourself? Is there, is there a specific thing that stands out to you about this conversation or, um, about your journey that, um, was highlighted in this conversation or maybe you haven't shared yet? Mm-hmm. Well, first and foremost, I just want to honor you and, and praise you for everything that you did just say, because the amount of self-reflection that it required to go into your journey and see all of that for what it is. And Andy always reminds me in my head when we were having his conversation about what confidence is and confidence is self-ownership. It's, it's owning, not just the wins and the great things, but it's owning everything, the past, the present, and, and who you are now and who you've been. And uh, that really hits home for me in this conversation is so many parts of my life, especially in the past, I look back and I look at the past versions of myself and I say, yeah, I didn't really like me back then. And the hilarity of it all is if I can't learn to love that person, what makes me think I can love this person? I can't look back at the past versions of myself and say he was doing his best. And I love that version of myself. And I definitely don't love the version of myself now because I'll, I'll, we'll transition five years into the future. And I'll say the same thing about this time now and the mistakes that I'm making now and that I may be oblivious to and say, nah, I didn't really like myself back then. And I can constantly live in that loop. Um, but then it's like, at what point do I ever get to a position where I feel like I do actually love myself and I do actually want give myself honest praise and actually truthfully own all of these pieces. And that is, I think for me, one of the biggest components of my journey of being able to receive is uh, owning the past, owning the previous versions of myself, which allows me to own this version of myself and therefore allows me to open myself up to the idea that somebody could also love those parts of myself and also love the per the, the person that I am today because I've, I've owned it. And something that uh, this whole conversation reminded me of is the, as a quote, and I didn't know who it was from, but I believe it's, I have it up here and it's Charles Horton Cooley. And uh, the quote says, uh, I am not what I think I am. I am not what you think I am. I am what I think you think I am. And I remember reading, hearing this from Jay Shetty actually recently, and it just made no sense at all (laughs) until it really made sense Mm -hmm. in the realization that I don't ever, breaking it down is I am not what I think I am saying. I, whatever I say to myself is not what I believe to myself to be. Um, I'm also not what you think I am. Although that can be a common narrative, right? Is, is I'm so worried about what you think I am. The reality of it all is it's a double spin on, I start to think about what you think I am and that is who I am. And it's this distortion that we live under. And that creates uh, a wall in front of self-ownership, in front of radical responsibility, in front of uh, owning our life and this this whole conversation reminded me of that space and how uh, it really just needs to start to get to the beginning of that quote is I am what I think I am. And that, that statement starts to align with empowerment in saying, I, if I am what I think I am, then that also means that I can think a different version of myself into becoming what I am. And that 
comes with a certain sense of choice, right? Like you talked about earlier and empowerment and motivation and saying, oh, I can make any change at any point. Nothing holds me back. The idea that this is just who I am doesn't exist because uh, I am what I think I am. Therefore, I can think something different. So for me, uh, I would say that that's also been a huge and, and integral part of my journey. But more importantly, at the, at the end of the day, for me, uh, it was realizing that a lot of the things that I wish to, to heal within myself um, was being blocked by the idea that um, I had to do it alone. And this journey here of being able to receive can also sound just like another personal development story of just shift your mindset and, you know, just start to do the work and do it all on your own. And the reality of it all for me is I realized that while I did that intensely, it felt like for over a year, I had learned almost nothing. The reality of it all for me was that what I ended up, what ended up happening was I only just simply become aware, but awareness a lot of times can just become dead air. If, if it's never been tested, awareness needs to be tested. So then I got into my, my relationship and every single piece of what I became aware of was tested. And that is where I started to actually integrate what I learned, not just think of it not just be like, okay, I'm ready to receive now. It's like, yeah, but someone gives you something and you still feel uncomfortable. Make that make sense. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're not necessarily ready. You just like the idea of being ready. We love ideas. So in order for us to actually grow in this area, in order for me, my growth journey was, it was required of me to get into a space that would test that and to become aware of where I am being tested and where the lessons are trying to show up. And I have been rejecting them and now start instead start to be more open to them and where I'm not complimenting myself, caring for myself, gifting myself, complimenting myself. Um, and a big component of this conversation we didn't talk about was money and our ability to receive money. I blocked that too, by saying, I need to, I need to have more money. And that was such the wrong mindset. I wasn't just allowing the flow, like you said, of life to come into my space and offer me things that maybe were different than what I had planned than what I had disciplined into my structure because the discipline wasn't what I needed. Again, coming back to that quote, it was the love that I needed to give to each situation. Um, the, the, the thing I heard the other day that I feel like brings this into its whole is that you can't heal relational trauma without a relationship. It's like you can't heal your challenges with love without first understanding that love needs to be around. It's like, love, all your, love yourself all you want, but then a partner will come in and they will say, mm, I don't know if you do. And you're like, yes, I do. And the reality of it is they'll mirror back to you that you actually don't because you wouldn't, again, you didn't have it tested. You didn't have the mirror to help you, uh, to help reflect back to you all of the parts where you were actually um, living in a fluff. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where, that's where it all comes, kind of comes in line for me. And uh, at the end of the day is we, we if we love ourselves under only certain conditions, then we're going to love other people under certain conditions. Oof. So if I live in a world where I love myself only based on the specific way I look, the specific haircut that I have, the specific white teeth or um, um, 
job or whatever, I love myself only under these conditions, then I will also to only love you under certain conditions that you meet. So it's consistently conditional love, never unconditional. And so wow, what, what happens when you start to love your imperfections? What happens when you start to love your imperfections? You start to love other people's imperfections. And all of a sudden, everyone's perfect in their own beautiful way. Exactly. Which also means in that statement, you're perfect. There is, um, I'll share this last kind of story. My mom sometimes will tell me these stories about, you know, uh, when she first came to Canada and all this stuff. And it's cool. It's so crazy how, you know, certain things kind of come together. So she said when she first came to Canada, something that people would always tell her when she would leave a store or whatever is take care of yourself. I'm going to take care of yourself, take care of yourself. And my mom was like, what does take care of yourself mean? What is that? So she, you know, asked people, she's like, what, they, what does it mean to take, what, is, what does take care of? Why does everyone keep saying, have a good day, take care of yourself. What is, what does that mean? And so she, you know, looked it up and did her homework and she figured out what it meant. And it was funny because when she's telling me this story, I was just thinking about the basic stuff. You know, I was like at surface level, like take care of yourself, health, all that kind of stuff. And she was like, Anwar, what that really means is love yourself. Love yourself enough to take care of yourself. That's what that really means. Because she's a very spiritual person. She said that, you know, the body and the vessel that you've been given, you've been given it as like an owner. You know, you've been trusted with it. You've been given the responsibility to, to take care of that mind and that body. You know, it's a privilege to have it. And you've been, you've been chosen as the owner of that vehicle, of that silhouette, that, that thing. And it's your job, it's your responsibility to make sure that it's good, to make sure that you're looking out for it, to make sure that you love it, to make sure that it's, 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 it's cared for and it's, 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 it's thought of. And so, you know, she said such a simple expression, you know, take care of yourself gets often overlooked, but it has such a rich meaning, you know take care of yourself. And I hope that now, anytime you hear when someone says that to you, you hear it in its entirety, love yourself, start to do the work to appreciate who you are and the light that you have, because the world is just a, a big place that's trying to dim your light. And if you can't ignite it yourself, you know, there's a lot of reasons why I might go out, you know, a lot of reasons why I might go out. And, uh, yeah, I hope that, you know, you guys, you guys hear that. I hope that you, um, resonate and, uh, appreciate this episode. Um, and yeah, like, like we, me and Kyle always say, we're on this journey as well. We're not perfect. I'm still blocking a lot of love. Um, but I'm aware. And I think awareness can, you know, can, can help with, you know, shifting things and changing things in your life. And, um, I'm, I'm proud to say that when I look in the mirror now, I'm not, I'm not asking, what do they think? I am truly asking myself do I like what I see? And it's a so much more empowering because whatever I leave, you know, the house with my mom, my mom said this too, to, to kind of wrap up that conversation. She said, when I put on an outfit and I put on clothes and I put on my favorite perfume and I do everything for me when I leave and I believe in that the universe can't really touch me because I believe in what I did, you know, the people are going to be like, Oh, I don't know. I don't really like what you, you wore. She'd be like, I do. 
I don't, I don't care that you don't like it. This is my body. <laughs> this is my favorite perfume. This is my mm-hmm. favorite shirt. Right. But when you leave the house with, I hope they like this. All you're looking for is if they don't validate what, what, what you thought they might like comes crashing down. So, um, that's a, that's a little nugget from, from, from mama bear, um, <laughs> for, for, for you guys, but, um, yeah, take care of yourself and extend that to love yourself and do it sooner rather than later. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and we invite you to join us next week as we put out content every single Wednesday. Our goal with this platform is to create a community to support men on their journey of becoming conscious kings. And in saying so, if you took any value out of this episode or previous episodes, please share, download, subscribe. And if you're feeling really up to it, go ahead and leave a review. You can follow us at Modern Masculinity. Remember, the K, it's with a K, not a C, to represent the mask that we wear. And like always, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.